White Sox fans, and welcome into the Sox on Tap postgame show. It's Tony Marchese alongside NWI Steve. We're here to talk about a White Sox loss at the hands of the Minnesota Twins, which you know we'll have Steve fired up on the show because if there's anything in this world that Steven hates, it's when the White Sox lose to the Twins. Steve, this has got to be a rough night for you, my friend. You're you're coming to us live from the great state of California, one of your favorite states. You just watched your favorite baseball team lose to your most hated baseball team. How are you doing, my friend? Um, not great. You know, been up since four thirty in the morning, cross country flight, and uh, had to witness that shit. And it's just kind of what you expect to have happen. It's your classic Sox game in Minnesota. Um. Just kind of numb to it at this point. It's two decades of this shit. And it just, it's like, you just know what's going to happen. You know they're going to find some way to just fucking kick you in the nuts. Steven sounds defeated. Uh, I feel pretty upset after this loss myself. Um, and we're going to dig right into it here on the post game show. Steve, uh, before we get to it, though, uh, I just want to tell the listeners, Make sure you subscribe to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube. Follow along with us and hop in the comments here so we can feature some comments on the show. Make sure you're going to ONTAPSportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs, as our guy Buzz on Tap would say. All right, it's time to break this ball game down. We had Lance Lynn on the mound today, Steve. Lance Lynn Day uh, was not great to start uh, this ball game here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what went wrong for Lance Lynn in the early going. Before we get to that, we have to talk about the top of the first, because I think no story about Lance Lynn can really be told without discussing what took place in that top half of the first inning. Um, That's fair. Fair, you fair know, enough. You know, th- this game started out, Andrew Benintendi inserted into the leadoff spot with TA going on, on the injured list, has a great at bat to start the game. Nine pitch, base hit, does his job. Luis Robert goes out there, uh, reaches base on a on an error by Pablo Lopez. So you got second and third, nobody out. Your baby boy Gavin Sheets goes up there. Nice at bat, works a walk. And then Andrew Vaughn, the two-run double right there. So four hitters into this game, you're up two to nothing. Runners on second and third, nobody out. Showing great discipline, having – solid at bats to that point. And you're thinking, Hey, okay, they've got an offensive plan of attack here tonight and they're going to go out and they're going to execute that. That was the last time we saw any semblance of a fucking plan from this offense today. That's what's irritating right there because they had a guy on the ropes and you knew I said it, I was sitting in this fucking hotel room by myself. As soon as I saw that first inning end, I said, because they left those two guys on base, this is going to come back to bite them in the ass because it always fucking happens up there every goddamn time. You're on mute, Anthony. Technical difficulties all around today. Thank you for that. Uh, how many times have we seen this, though, Steve, where the White Sox offense? 670,000. Yeah, I mean, once they do this, it, it sort of – just takes all the wind out of their sails almost it seems um whether it happens in the first inning whether it happens in the fifth inning whether it happens in the eighth inning it just sort of it never really recovers we've seen this a couple times this year already with this offense um 
it's so frustrating to watch, but that leads us into Lance Lynn. I mean, he's working with a lead. Um, He's supposed to be your number two guy on the staff right now. And we're coughing, we're coughing up leads again, Steve, just giving it right back. Yeah. Right. Like I said, right on cue, it was almost like the wind was kind of taken out of their sails a little bit by the fact that they were only able to put on those two runs on the board in the first inning. And then, um, you know, you see Solano lead, lead off that inning with a base hit. And then Byron Buxton back in the lineup, doing what he does against the Sox. Going White up. Sox killer yeah. right now. He And yeah. he has been for pretty much his entire career, Steve. He's the one guy that I really hate facing in the AL Central. Outside yeah. of Josh Naylor and Jose Ramirez, Byron Buxton's probably up there. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's just... Right on cue, boom, two and homer, and and you got a tie ball game. You had a chance to step on somebody's throat, you don't take advantage of it, and then, as is par for the course, when they go to Canada South, just cough it right back up. Um, I think the bigger concern that I have with Lance right now, and obviously he rebounded after that um, after the first two innings of this particular start here, and I, I know we're going to dig into what happened obviously in the second inning here, but. The concern that I have with Lance right now is, is he going to be able to pitch the way that he's accustomed to pitching with the diminished velocity right now? Um, sitting 92, 93, you had a couple of 94s in there, but 92, 93 is a lot different than 95, 96. There's a big variance there. Um, people, You have to hit your spots at that, at that yeah. velocity. You have to. You can't miss. Exactly. I mean, you are you're below league average velocity at that velocity band right there. So you can't be the same guy. Um, maybe, you know, the velocity will uptick for him a, a little bit here as, as the season continues to progress. But I think that was kind of the thought behind playing in the WBC was that he would be a little bit more ramped up at this point and it kind of I was just to about go. to ask do you remember what he was sitting on the fastball during that WBC appearance? I it I just sort of know. came to me right now but I, I wish I had that data in front of me to see if it's gone down a little bit since there because I was thinking this during the the start here was did he waste it in the WBC is it is this sort of just a we're going through the motions Lance Lynn he was the guy that sort of talked about you know, bringing it every day to the ballpark during the off season, you know, not letting last year happen again. Um, I know the pitchers are going to give up home runs and, and, but we're talking about a close ball game like this one. You can't really make those mistakes. One thing you have to kind of wonder about a little bit is a lot of starting pitchers talk about a dead arm period that they go through in spring training and it can come at various points for them. Um, you almost maybe wonder with Lance if because of the fact that he ramped up more quickly uh, this year to accommodate for the WBC, is this maybe a little bit of a dead arm period that he's going through right now? I don't know. Can't can't really speak to that. But continuing to look at and monitor where he's at from a velocity standpoint is something that has to be done at this juncture. Because, again, I know he had the 10 strikeouts. He rebounded nicely. Um after the second inning home run to Michael A. Taylor, Mr. Punch and Judy hitter himself. Um, so he he put it together after that. But 
this was a diminished Twins lineup. No Carlos Correa, no Joey Gallo, no Jorge Polanco, no Max Kepler. So a lot of their normal guys not in the lineup there. So I'm going to kind of take the 10 strikeouts with a little bit of a grain of salt, to be completely honest with you here. So continuing to monitor where Lance is at from a velocity standpoint. And if this is what he is, if he's just going to be 92, 93, there's going to have to be some additional adjustments that are made. He made the adjustment a year ago, starting to sprinkle in the curveball with a little more frequency. Um, they might have to go back to the drawing board one more time here to see, okay, are there is there another tweak that has to be made now? Because you know maybe the league is looking at how he's approaching hitters, sprinkling in that curveball. But again, if it's just 92, 93, um, it's not getting on the hitters the same way that it was in years past. Yeah, you bring up a couple of points here, Stephen. One is that the Minnesota Twins are sort of just dealing with so many injuries in almost a White Sox-esque fashion. This is going to be a different ball club the next time the White Sox face the Minnesota Twins. These are, while we're without Tim Anderson, we're without Yoan Moncada. Again, this was another winnable baseball game we're talking about. I think we talked about this the other night winnable baseball game the Sox should have had and we come away with a loss um the Michael A. Taylor home run really got to me I don't I don't like giving up bombs to that guy in particular here's what I here's the thing that really jumped out to me with that home run though um juice balls are back baby they are back they are they, they are, are hashtag they are, so back. They are so hashtag back. And, and you know, it, let's take a look at this. Will that benefit the White Sox down the road? I'm sure it will. Is there a reason why Yohan Moncada's put a couple out there already? Maybe there is. Maybe, 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 they, maybe they benefited from it in the ninth inning. Yeah, maybe they did. Maybe they did. And, you know, that being said, you're going to need to score runs to win baseball games. We know this offense is capable of doing it. We've seen it. Um but there's something that sort of has become a reoccurring theme that I've picked up on, Steve. You look at Lance Lynn's final line. Six innings pitch, gives up seven hits, three runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. Granted, two of those hits left the yard. For all intents and purposes, you're looking at that line and going, okay, he settled in. This was good enough. Got the job done. He, You know, it was a good start for Lance Lynn. On paper, it is. Three runs should be, you know, it's not great, but they're giving up three runs each time. You're going to have a, a three ERA, um, which is pretty good in today's game of baseball to be a starting pitcher and go, you know, six innings, give up only three runs. I think that's fair, but we see this time in and time out. It's Lucas Giolito start. Ah, oh, there's this bad inning, and he goes on cruise control afterwards. You used to see this with Dylan Cease a fuck time before he really figured it out. Uh, we see it now with Lance Lynn. We're starting to see this sort of repeat itself where we look at the ball game, we look at the pitcher, we see this bad inning, and then they wind up with a final line that looks pretty decent. I'm tired of doing that. It, it, it It's so frustrating because you, you just can't have these mistakes happen over and over and over again and lose ball games like this and develop a pattern like that. It's so fucking frustrating to watch. It is very frustrating. Um, this is one of the hallmarks 
of this team. And it kind of has been for a couple years now at this point. And one of the other hallmarks, unfortunately, of them is that when they go out and when they get a lead, they give it right back. Um, at some point, somebody's got to go out there and and be a stopper and say, hey, boys, you gave me the lead. I'm going to go out there and to quote the immortal head coach at South Suburban College, Steve Ruzich, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to pitch the lead, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to shove it up your fucking ass, and there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. Somebody's got to be that guy. Are, are they lacking killer mentality right now, Steve? 100%. Yes. That it, it was it was evident. Like I said, it all comes back to me. This game was lost in the top of the first inning. You can sit there and, and you can nitpick that all you want. The fact that they only put two runs on, on that board, they left two guys in scoring position with nobody out. That was it right there. And what did we see? Lopez went on absolute cruise control from, for the from, remainder of the game. From and, and, and I tweeted about this. From the moment that ball landed when Andrew Vaughn hit the two-run double, the plate appearances were absolute trash. They had no semblance of approach whatsoever. I think in the second inning, what do you think? Gavin Sheets, I will say this. I really liked his at-bat late. Um, I think it was a 12-pitch at-bat by the time he okay, ended okay. up striking okay. out on a 103-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah. But up until that point, you're right. And you texted me about this during the game. You said, I can't trust them to put together a competent at-bat. Obviously, Luis Robert comes through in the clutch in the ninth inning, hits a home run. Then Gavin comes up right after him um, and, and works – uh, Minnesota's closer on, on that 12 pitch at bat right there. And then it sort of just falls apart. We'll get to the 10th inning in a second, but outside of that, Steve, nobody was working counts. It was just, it, it was a quick baseball game. It was a very quick baseball game. And they're and, just, uh, they're, they're just going right there. They're just going up there flailing at, at everything. They, it's, it's like they had no scouting report whatsoever. They just went up there and were in, Heck mode. We're just going to go there as long as the ball, you know, makes it 55 feet in the air. We're swinging at it. Um, granted, you know, Lopez did dial in after that first inning right there. So he obviously gets some credit for, for this, but the plate approach uh, was just atrocious for lack of a better term here. And this has unfortunately been a problem for this team for far too long and we keep hoping and we keep thinking that maybe you know this is what it's going to turn around but honestly this I would is say the plate approach this year is very Jacqueline Hyde it I, I think there is, there's been some innings where I've been very impressed with the White Sox plate approach comparative to last year See, specifically me, and then there's other innings where I'm saying this is the exact same fucking thing I've watched over and over again why are we doing this? To me, I think it's a little misleading in the sense that um, I think coming into today, they had, I want to say, as like as a team, maybe like a 345, 350 batting average on balls in play, um, which I think was second or third in all of baseball to this point. And, you know, there's a lot of singles. Like you, you go back and you look at their box scores through these first 11 games here. Um, or 12, 12 games now, there's a lot of singles in there. You know, they'll have 10, 11 hits, eight of them are singles, you know. So 
And a lot of those are coming first or second pitch of an at-bat. Again, to me, I think that's what really separates them from teams that are truly contenders out there in the American League, like Houston, um, like the Yankees, the Rays. Those are teams that consistently work at-bats and work counts. Um, That's how you ultimately – force pitchers into making mistakes more prevalently. And you see this on a number of occasions here with the opposition of Sox pitchers here. You know, you look at Lance Lynn through almost 30 pitches in that first thing. We've seen Lucas countless, the other day. Right, the, Dylan Cease has been, has been a victim of this. Clevenger, mm-hmm. everybody has been a, a victim of this. How many times have we already gone out there this year and seen a Sox pitcher – have a 20 to 25 pitch inning. It's hard too often. A, a lot. And then meanwhile, then the Sox, they get in the batter's box, eight pitches. Before you can even get back from your fridge, the inning's over and they're already back at commercial. Yeah, that's why I've been watching some of these games in the garage, Steve, because I'm closer to the beer fridge. You know, it, it, it's too it's too long to walk upstairs from the basement or even from my family room, grab a beer and get back and, and actually see the White Sox bat. I, I, I'm so frustrated with the fact that it's it you're dead on. It's been the exact reverse. Why can't Sox pitchers go seven innings in these ball games? It's because of that 20, 25, 30 sometimes pitch inning. Sure, it's great for the strikeout numbers, and I, I wonder if this is an actual offensive approach, knowing when you're going up against a guy like Dylan Cease or, or Lucas Giolito. Just let him pitch. Just continue to let him pitch. If you strike out, that's fine, but at least you're seeing three, four, sometimes five pitches per at-bat, and you're right. Our plate approach has consistently been, and there's a couple of guys in this lineup in particular, and I'm sure if you're listening to this show, you know exactly who they are. And Steve, you know exactly who they are as well. And it's one of the reasons we talked about the lineup construction at the top of this thing uh, prior to the Tim Anderson injury um, that we consistently see opposing starters sort of cruise through the first time and sometimes the second time through the order and only be at 40, 50 pitches versus any of our starters who seem to be somewhere near the 60, 70 mark sometimes, but before we're through the fourth. Um it's annoying. It's annoying as hell. That's probably the best word to use to describe the situation there, Anthony. Um, it is highly annoying. And it's I, I prefer when the White Sox are bad. I don't know about you, Steve, but I prefer when the White Sox are batting versus in the field, just from, from a pure baseball enjoyment standpoint, because that means we've got a chance to score runs. Um, one more play I want to get to before we break down uh, the extra innings was sort of this well-executed relay play the White Sox had. I was actually very impressed with this uh, Romy Gonzalez over the Hanser Alberto over it. I believe that was in uh, the ninth inning. Was was it the ninth or the eighth? Ninth inning? Top, top uh, of the ninth. Or bottom, the, sorry, bottom, bottom, bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the, bottom ninth. Of the ninth. Uh, that could have ended the game a little bit sooner for all of us. But that said... It was nice to see the White Sox defense actually be able to pull this off because we've had a couple instances already, and one of them that comes to mind is, I believe, yesterday's Gavin Sheets play that was ridiculous, uh, cutting off a ball that should have been uh, thrown home and 
Uh, it seems like when when normally when we need to hit a cutoff, man, we don't. And when we don't need to hit a cutoff, man, we do. That's another annoying White Sox baseball thing. But they actually executed it today. Um, good tag by Hanser Alberto, uh, who I had really little faith that was going to get down uh, in time uh, to nab the runner there. But credit where credit's due. It's nice to see the White Sox be able to execute something like that. It, it seems so trivial because other teams do it sort of with regularity, but I thought it was a good fundamental baseball play. Maybe a catch should have been made in the outfield in the first place, but they were still able to get the guy out at third base. And I thought that it was one of the better defensive plays that I've seen. Well, if we've learned anything over the last five or six years is that um, things that should be routine, things that should be taken for granted when it comes to being a Sox fan, you can't take them for granted because it's the little things. <laughs> Indeed, it is, my friend. It's the little Indeed things. It is like a post game misery beer and talking about cutoff plays that were well executed in a 4 3 loss to the Minnesota Twins that'll make you happy. So we, we try and highlight those things here. Head on into the 10th uh, the inning, extra inning baseball. Mickey Mouse runner starts on second base. Here's another classic case of. The White Sox are unable to execute when they need to. And I can see you you are just as thrilled as I am to talk about this. How many wins have the White Sox had in extra innings since we've instituted this ridiculous, I don't even know what to call it, rule, whatever it is. I, I fucking hate this. And it always seems to bite us in the ass especially when we're away, we've seen it at home too. Every other baseball team, it feels like in major league baseball can figure out how to get at least one in. And we've watched over and over the White Sox fail to do this. I believe Colas comes up in this situation. I thought maybe some new blood here, Steve was was going to be able to get the job done. And Colas has been great this year. We actually got a comment in here from uh, Ravinder. Oscar Colas is – I agree with this. So far, I've liked what I've seen. Big spot for the young kid, not able to execute. It, it, man, it, it. I don't like that kind of White Sox stuff rubbing off on this kid. I don't know about you. Thoughts? My thoughts are it's just emblematic of this team not – going up there with a plan of attack. Um, that's just what this all comes down to for me is I think this that, is where you work the count. This is where yeah. you, you have that at bat where you're waiting for you get first and third in that situation, draw a walk or even don't get the run in here. But if you're, if you wind up first and third with only one out, that's a totally different scenario than third and two outs. You had, you so had a man, any third. sort of sacrifice play. At the end of the day, you had a man on third base with one out. You have to elevate the baseball at least to medium depth in the outfield. And preferably Prefer not left field. Ex right, right, exactly. Um, you got to do a job in that situation. And you have to go up there and you have to understand the situation. And you have to know that this is a spot where you need to elevate the baseball and preferably you know pull side um it's just 
it's just so frustrating. You see every other team seemingly go out and do this so effortlessly, and it's just an absolute chore when it comes to the Sox. Yep, and then uh, we'll we'll head on over to the top of the tenth inning. I believe it was just one pitch before the White Sox were put out of their misery for the night. Steve, you talked about them deserving this loss. Um, there's Hanser Alberto's defense on full display once again. Uh, throws a ball over to first base off of a bunt and it winds up in right field, and that's your ball game, folks. Uh, not a pleasant way to lose a baseball game and quite in, in, in fact it's quite embarrassing to lose a baseball game that way I, I just I don't like Alberto at third thus far the experience despite just talking about how great that one play was um I just don't like this experience so far I, I don't know if you are sharing those feelings I don't know if the listeners are sharing those feelings but I it's am not- sort of like I know he hit a home run yesterday. I know he made a tag out. I'm just really not enjoying the hot Sir Alberto experience thus far. And he looks excited to be here. He earned his spot in spring training. I just don't know if third base is where I'm comfortable with Hans or Alberto. I don't know if it's any different than what we saw from Lurie Garcia. I don't know if it's better or worse than what we'd get from Jake Berger. Um, his defense is sort of suspect too at times, but I think at least – I'm more confident in his bat in the lineup to make up for any defensive miscues. I don't know. I'm just, I'm jury's out here. It's not great. Um, I don't feel particularly good with him over there in that spot, to be completely honest with you. Um, I'm not really sure what the alternative is. Um, Maybe put Romy Gonzalez there instead. Use flip Hanser over to second base. I don't. I don't know what the answer is either. Here, maybe. Would you feel more? Would you feel more comfortable with Larry Garcia there in this scenario? I know that's a loaded question, but I'm just curious. I mean, six of one, a half dozen of the other. Where's Yolbert Sanchez? Uh, Yolbert Sanchez. Wait, did you say Yol Yolmer or Yolbert? <laughs> Yo, I said Yolbert. Okay, is, isn't uh, he? The, isn't he the younger one? Yeah, yeah. So he's still in, he's uh in Charlotte still. So, um, you know, good use of uh, two and a half million dollars worth of international signing pool money. Uh, way to go, Jerry. Good job. Awesome. Um, but that's not what you call. I mean, Lenin Sosa was called up. He was, yeah. So there's um, there was an option to go to him there at second and put Romy over at third. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see what happens here with uh, Lenin. I, I would like to see him getting a little bit more play because um, – If he's going to be here, play him. Yeah, no. That's I, my I thought. I think it's completely useless to have him just uh, – up here occupying a, a roster spot if he's not going to be playing. We saw this I didn't, last year. I didn't hear the post-game show, but I'm sure the reasoning behind no Lenin Sosa today was something of the sorts like, well, it was his first day up. He's just getting acclimated, blah, 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 blah. But I, I, listen, there, there's your other option right there, Steve, was, was Lenin well, Sosa. Listen, I flew across the country commercial. This yes. morning, and I still went out and I did my fucking job. Okay, so you know, there you go. I don't, I don't want to hear it. That's so White Sox, Steve. We've got another ball game tomorrow. Twelve ten start. Uh, 
why don't you let the listeners know what's on tap for the Chicago White Sox? Oh, oh boy, do we have something on tap. We've got day game Lucas Giolito, baby. If that gonna, doesn't get if that doesn't get the blood pumping, I don't know what will. I am just thrilled to have him on the mound in Minnesota in a rubber match against and, the Minnesota Twins. And not only that, it's an hour earlier than normal because the Twins do this goofy ass twelve ten. Do you remember the yeah. start in Boston at like eleven a.m.? Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, the, was uh, the, the infamous Patriots Day game. Yeah, yes, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a thing. But yeah, yes. no, the twins the twins do this weird thing on Getaway Day where they they start at twelve ten, where every other team in the league starts at one ten. It's interesting. Um, so is that so people have more time to shop at Target? You know, here's the thing: um, people should not shop at Target because that's basically supporting terrorism. Um, so anybody listening to this broadcast, if you shop at Target, you should cease and desist immediately because you are essentially helping to fund a terrorist organization because money from Target helps pay for the sponsorship of that field, which then in turn helps pay for players that are beating your Chicago White Sox. So if you're shopping at Target, you are in fact working against your best interests. I, I love how you refuse to shop at Target. I love how you refuse to eat Little Caesars pizza. What what else is on your your sort of like no fly zone list? I won't even. Do you have I any won't other e- businesses that you you despise. Oh, oh yeah, no, I won't even take an insurance quote from Progressive. Don't even don't even think about it. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean that's. Just, you have your, are you getting a mortgage from Guaranteed Rate at some point? Um. I'm going to issue a no comment on that. No one. comment on that one. <laughs> I was just wondering. Um, you know, what, do you do you fund in your money to uh, White Sox related? So, I mean, you you should open a business in Bedford Park. I mean, who doesn't do business in Bedford Park? I mean, if you're not doing business in Bedford Park, are you even doing business at this point? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's it's a fantastic area from what I'm from what I'm told, uh, Steve. Lucas Chilito on the mound tomorrow. What can we expect? Expect the unexpected, I think, is the best thing that I can tell people. We don't know. Um, you the know, season he, predictions on him being the team Cy Young for me and Sean right now are not looking as hot as I thought they would. You know, it's um, – listen, it's not off to a great start, admittedly. So we'll see what happens here. Um, you know, there's some rumor and speculation that Correa might be back in the lineup tomorrow for the Twins. So that would add another little wrinkle into things. Giolito, he did throw a nine-inning complete game shutout on a Sunday afternoon, 110 start against the Twins a couple of years back. So there is prior precedent for this. But at the end of the day, I just don't think we know what we are going to get from him tomorrow. I know that's a little bit of a cop-out, but, I mean, I can't make heads or tails out of it at this point because um, that last start was so bad in Pittsburgh, and the start before that in Houston was just kind of okay, not great. So there hasn't been – anything to this point that has inspired a tremendous deal of confidence that would lead you to believe he's going to go out there and he's going to 
shove. Could it happen? Sure. Hopefully it'll happen. Hopefully as I'm as I'm driving from San Jose up to San Francisco and listening on the radio, hopefully I'll be hearing good things. So I'm going to try to speak that into existence here. We'll see what happens. Sounds good. I will be uh, tuned into this as well, Steve, but uh, you nor I will be on tomorrow's postgame show. Uh, it'll be Johnny, I believe, running with uh, our guy Sox and St. Besnick. Uh, should be back here for the postgame show tomorrow. A couple of White Sox news and notes to get to before we close up shop here for the night, Steve. Tim Anderson uh, heads to the IL. I think that was expected after he left yesterday's ball game. I'm sure most of you have heard this news already. Lenin Sosa, as we mentioned just a bit ago, called up in Tim Anderson's stead. Um, and then uh, we've got Yoan Marcana still dealing with some back soreness. Uh, Pedro Grafol spoke to the media prior to the game today, let everybody know that uh, they're expecting or hoping that he's back in the lineup when the Sox return home to face the Baltimore Orioles. One name that uh, is also potentially hashtag back this weekend is our boy Eloy Jimenez, currently on the IL uh, himself. So it'll be nice to get both of those guys back in, but I'm not counting my eggs before they hatch Steve here. I don't know about you. Any quick thoughts on Yoan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez potentially returning from injury when the White Sox return home to 35th and Shields this weekend. They're hashtag back when they're hashtag back. Um, at this point to expect them back by a certain date, I think would be foolish just given the history that we have seen with these two guys. Is Griffol naive by making that kind of statement? You could definitely make that case. Um, you know, you could make the case that it's just a first year manager um, coming to the defense of, of his guys publicly in the media. But, you know, there probably is a level of naivete involved in that. Yeah. If there if if Yohan's not back by Friday, are you throwing him on the IL if you're the if you're the GM of the White Sox? Uh, yeah, you absolutely should. I mean, I don't see any reason why they would continue or would um why they should continue to do the nonsense that they did a year ago. I was gonna say we did this last year. Yeah, yeah. No, we we've seen this song and dance before. We saw how much that, that can really screw with a roster and with a manager's ability to make playing a man down. Yeah. Essentially. Sometimes yeah, yeah. last year they were doing it with multiple guys. Ex exactly. I mean, and you know, and you look at Luis Robert back before he was junior. Um, well, you know, the, the, yeah, the last six, never weeks, forget the, that. yeah, yeah. The last six weeks of the season, they're just going out there swinging one handed. It's like, what are we doing here guys? So you would hope if he's not back on Friday that they just do the IL stint, get another body up here so that you actually can have a full complement of players available to you. So we'll see if they learned anything from last year's disaster. Yeah, like I said, not counting the chickens before they hatch here, Steve. It's, it's sort of scary when we've got back soreness and – Injuries cropping up to some of the, the key players on this roster. Um, I know other teams are dealing with it. The AL Central as a whole is pretty banged up, especially at the uh, 
you know, teams that are supposed to be contending for this division. I'm not sad that Savali is on the IL for the Cleveland Guardians. That doesn't that doesn't uh, make me sad at all. But taking care of business in house, we're banged up as well right now. It's it's not good when these guys are going down. I think it was expected from us, but at the same time, the just stay healthy plan is off to a rocky start at best here. Um, we'll see if uh, if Yon and Eloy make their way back to the lineup. Steve, I, I've heard that we're going to have some uh, some socks on tap presence at the ballpark coming up this weekend. I know you'll be out there. I should be out there on Saturday. I think Johnny's going to be out there as well. So we'll be out in Lot B, I would assume, Saturday, weather permitting. Uh, this game still takes place. The forecast is a little bit hairy right now, but uh, we should be out there enjoying a couple two-tree pops, as you like to say, uh, before the White Sox take on the Baltimore Orioles. I'm excited to get back out to the ballpark, Steve. I don't know about you. I will definitely be excited to be back. Um, you know, I return from the West Coast late Friday evening, and I can't think of anything better than just turning around and uh, getting back up there, lot B with the boys, cracking some pops, and uh, you know, hopefully helping see this team get back on track a little bit because that first home stand gotta get back left, to five hundred, man. Left left gotta a real get, bad <laughs> left a real bad taste in the mouth. Gotta get back to five hundred, man. This was supposed to be, you know. <laughs> Like I said the other night on Sunday Fun Day, it's supposed to be a springboard for the White Sox. They've really failed to take control of any series. We haven't actually seen the White Sox win a series yet this year. Let's hope they do it tomorrow. I sort of think cards are stacked against them. But what did I say on Sunday? They were going to win the, the opener, drop the next two. My predictions are still kind of tracking, Steve. You know, it's funny. Somebody on Twitter.com sent me a little something where Sox beat writer Scott Merkin said that coming into today's game, the Sox were looking to win their first series of the year. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that the Merck jinx is elite. Very much so. Very much so. I've, I've never seen it not work. And it's only crazy. It's only crazy if it doesn't work. The kids today, they say it's generational. That's uh, not a term that I normally use, but uh, I'm glad the Utes are out there using terms like that. That's pretty cool and tough for them. Steve, it's wonderful talking White Sox baseball with you. Sorry for the outcome. I know these ones hurt you harder than ever. They hurt me too. Um, And I'm sure those of you that are tuned into the show are sort of disappointed with today's outcome. I know we both are collectively but thank you to everybody who tuned in here and thanks to everybody who hopped in the youtube comments we appreciate you make sure you subscribe on tap sportsnet on youtube.com make sure you're visiting on tap sportsnet that's www.ontapsportsnet.com for all of your chicago sports literature and podcasting needs ravinder is in here from vancouver he's out near you steve west coast represent uh, Steve, enjoy California. Enjoy the rest of your wondrous trip out there. I know you. I will say this. Coast. I will say this. I'm going to enjoy some baseball tomorrow because tomorrow night I will actually be going to Oracle Park and I'm going to be taking in Dodgers Giants. 
best rivalry in the National League. That's awesome. Getting to see that in one of the five best parks in this country. Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the Dodgers. I can't fucking wait. Enjoy it. Enjoy some good baseball, Stephen. You deserve it. Uh, you put up a lot with these Chicago White Sox of ours. So enjoy some good baseball. We'll be back at some point this weekend. I believe we'll have the Sunday Fun Day show as normal. As I said, Johnny's got the post game tomorrow. You can tune in here on YouTube. Again, that's youtube.com slash Sportsnet. Make sure you subscribe. We'll be back, Stephen, probably Sunday on these airwaves. We'll talk more White Sox baseball together. That's all I've got for today, Steve. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.